0: welcome everyone why don't you grab a seat i'm excited to be here this morning i've actually had this word in my heart for quite a while and uh but it hasn't been the right time to preach it but i feel like it is today i'm just going to grab my props so the title of my message this morning is it's getting hot in here anyone recognize this i'm just going to swap hands because um my right hand is my dominant hand so my message this morning is, it's getting hot in here. Can anyone feel it heating up, like really, spiritually across the earth? I don't know if you've ever walked through a season where you've felt like, man, it's getting hot in here. Have you ever, ever walked through a season like that? No one's willing to put their hand up. I'm sure you have. I have. A couple of years ago, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. And you feel like you've been thrown in a furnace. Someone's turned up the thermostat and you're going, wow, it's getting hot in here. Maybe some of you watching online are thinking that. I feel like I've been thrown in a furnace. I want to encourage you today. So um, let's let's look at a couple of scriptures. And I just want to encourage you that if it is getting hot in here, it's okay. So you may have heard the story of the Corrie ten Boom family. Has anyone heard of that family? I'm sure many of you have. They were Dutch Christians who were living in the time of World War II and they helped many Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust. And um, Corrie ten Boom actually had a chamber built in her bedroom where they would hide the Jews. Now, that's pretty brave, isn't it? Of course, you probably know the story. Their home was raided after an informant tipped off the Nazis and the entire family was imprisoned. But Corrie and her sister were sent to a notorious Nazi concentration camp. Pretty grim. The miraculous thing is that she was released um, accidentally. It was actually a clerical error. Wow. But it was soon after her sister had died. So um, here's the thing about this family. They were made this uh, decision to be righteous and heroic and they're actually imprisoned for it, which is pretty amazing. I wonder what prayers Corrie actually sent up the day that she was uh, sent to prison. I'm sure she felt like she was put in a fiery furnace, right? So I know for me, I've had a few seasons like that where I felt like, you know, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> 2020 was a season for me like that. Do you remember the raging bushfires? Everyone remembers those. It was some. Um, It was like the whole of eastern Australia was on fire, wasn't it? There was just smoke that could literally be seen by the NASA photos in space. It was pretty amazing. Uh, For me, personally, it was difficult. We live in Springwood, so we're not super close to the um, bush, but we are. We're only one row of houses away. And um, the smoke, as it would have for many of you as well, caused major problems with my breathing, so that was an issue. Also, 2020, of course, was the year that we officially, like, COVID came to Australia so we went into lockdown and I remember thinking well that's not fair because I've already been in lockdown for a few months because of the fires and then I had the grief of being reunited with my dad after 14 years which is another whole story um, only to lose him a few months later and then of course uh, I had a surgical procedure to open up my trachea later that year so I felt like I'd been thrown in a furnace that year. It was a pretty fiery year for me. Of course, many of you would know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Abednego, if you're Australian. (laughs) It's the uh, classic mispronunciation every time. These guys were actually appointed by King Nebuchadnezzar as administrators in Babylon during the Babylonian exile, but they refused to worship the false gods of that nation and they refused to bow down to the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had built. And of course, because of that, King Nebuchadnezzar is furious. So um, let's look at this passage. I'm sure you're familiar with it. But let's look at it again with fresh eyes. Because the word is alive, right? It's active. I'm expecting it will do something in you today. So Daniel 3:14 and 15. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. Uh, And I'm sure they'll put it up on the screen. So starting from Daniel 3.14, this is what King Nebuchadnezzar says. Now remember, this guy isn't just a king, but he's the king not just of a city or a nation, but of a whole empire, the Babylonian Empire. So he's a powerful dude. He's not a very nice dude either. He says this, Is it true Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that you do not serve my gods, Or worship the image of gold I have set up. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. If you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand? Interesting question, isn't it? I love the way that these guys respond to this arrogant, let's face it, self-seeking tyrant for king. And the answer really stirs my faith, and I hope it will stir your faith too. This is what they say. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Wow. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able. Everyone say that is able there's two powerful words you know the god you serve is able to deliver you from whatever you're going through right now they say the god we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hands i love the next couple of words though but even if he does not even if he does not we want you to know your majesty that will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Wow. So I reckon at this point, King Nebuchadnezzar is thinking, you guys are crazy. Don't you realise I hold your life in my hands? I'm about to execute you if you don't bow down. But they don't care about that. And the reason they don't is because they have humongous faith in their ever-present God, right? Their faith in their God is greater I think, than the size of that statue, the size of that gold thing that King Nebuchadnezzar had built. They knew that God was able to deliver them from the king's hands. Let's face it, we're not actually in the king's hands. We're in the king of kings' hands. They knew that. You're not in the hands of the doctors or the lawyers, the government officials. We're thankful to those people. If God appointed them the Bible says we're to obey the authorities over us but we're not subject to them right we're subject to God's authority he's in charge so they say these words verse 18 but even if he does not we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up even if even if God doesn't rescue them they will not compromise. They will not bow down to the image, really, that Satan has set up. They will not bow down and worship him. I love this. Their faith in their God is so pure. It's not dependent on the outcomes. Their faith is steady, unswerving, uncompromising. That's a whole message in itself, isn't it? They know that regardless of how God acts, regardless of whether God rescues them, here's the thing, whether he rescues them from the furnace or makes them go through the furnace, they won't compromise. So let's read on, verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious. I bet he was. He's like, I'm the guy. Like, I'm the guy. What do you mean you're not going to bow down? He was furious with them, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. Everyone say, it's getting hot in here. (laughs) Anyone recognise this one? This one's from Colour. This has got the beautiful beautiful Emma Happel on it. Anyone remember that one? Anyway, it's getting hot in here, right, for these guys. It's getting real, real hot. And they're not even in the furnace yet. So he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego or Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So picture this. These men wearing their robes, their trousers, their turbans and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. Just put yourself in that situation for a minute. What would you be thinking? I don't even want to think about it. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and the three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Wow, it sounds surreal, doesn't it? It sounds like a fairy tale, but this is a real story. So here's my first thought. Faith is fuelled in the fire. Faith is fuelled in the fire. I don't like this and you don't either. I don't like being thrown in the fire. Anyone like being thrown in the fire? Uh Uh-uh. But the reality is faith grows in the fire. It grows in the eye of the storm. It grows in that place where you feel under pressure. You feel like, I can't do this anymore. That's where your faith actually grows. That's where your faith is purified. The thing I love about this is there's no hint of panic or fear or worry in these three guys. There's none of it. It's one of those crazy upside-down kingdom principles. The world might expect our faith to dim, to lose its shine, to lose its power, to weaken when we're thrown into a furnace, or when we suffer, or are persecuted when we take our stand. But actually, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, the opposite can be true. Our faith can grow brighter, stronger, more pure and I love this encouragement this is one of my favorite verses from Peter it's been a favorite verse for me since my kids were really little and they're not really little anymore 1 Peter 1 6 to 7 says this this is Peter the disciple he writes this in all this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials so wait hang on a minute God actually allows us to go through trials? Yeah, he actually does. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. So God sometimes allows us to go through certain trials and those trials purify our faith And God says here, through Peter, that our faith is actually greater worth to him than gold. So those trials, you know how we fight trials? We're like, must have done something wrong. God must have forgotten me. Actually, sometimes God will allow you to go through those trials to purify and strengthen your faith. Let's return now to the the, uh, Ten Boom family. I'm sure when that family was thrown in prison, the Nazis thought, that's it, we've silenced you. Here we are, 80 years later, talking about it. I'm sure Satan thought, we're going to silence the spread of the gospel. What was incredible is that Corrie Ten Boom was actually able to smuggle her Bible into the concentration camp and have Bible studies. And the reason for that was it was flea infested, the barracks she was in. Everyone go, "Ooh." And because of that, of course, the soldiers didn't want to go near because they didn't want to catch the fleas. So they were able, she was able to spread the gospel and lead some to Christ. How cool is that? I love this quote from Corrie Ten Boom. She says, You can never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. Isn't that true? She had fleas horrendous conditions, we can't even imagine, I don't want to think about it, the cruelty she would have seen, starvation, malnutrition, diseases. But she had Jesus right there in the middle with all going on. Then I love this quote from Betsy, her sister. She says this, There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Wow. I'm going to read that again for some of you because you need to hear it. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. So whatever pit you're in right now, for some of you watching online, perhaps you're feeling I'm in a pit, guess what? God's love is deeper than that pit. He can get to you wherever you are. He never forgets you. How, how could he? He created you. So our faith is fueled in the fire. I encourage you with that my second thought is this your faithful father is your friend in the fire right now God is with you in the fire Jesus is with you in the fire Holy Spirit can enfold you and comfort you in the fire we've been singing about it this morning we're never actually alone when the enemy says oh, you're alone you're the only one no one understands what you're feeling you're a fool, you're stupid, nobody understands. You need to tell him actually you're the fool because I have a saviour and his name is Jesus and I'm not alone. Speak back to the enemy. Pastor Ali talked about that last, uh, yesterday, feels like last week, gosh, <laughs> last 24 hours. We need to learn to discern the voice of the enemy and the voice of God so you're never alone Here's a question for you. Why do we always pray deliverance from the fire when God is so present in the fire? Selah, think about that. I'm I'm asking myself that same question. You know why we do it? Because we're human. Who wants to go through a fire? Verse 24, let's look at this. You'll remember what happened. King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement. So he wants to see these three guys get burned. He's just, like I said, he's not a nice dude. And he asks, were there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. So Jesus literally turns up in the worst of the trials. We don't actually know if Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego saw Jesus. But we know that King Nebuchadnezzar did. Interesting. I reckon they probably did, personally, but Lindsay does too, so that's the majority. (laughs) Jesus turns up in the furnace. Guess what? If you find yourself in a furnace, look for Jesus. Because guess what? He's there. Psalm 23, verse 4. Tim quoted this last week. Not yesterday, last week. (laughs) I love this verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Say it with me. You are with me. God makes this promise to Moses. Exodus 33, verse 14. Now think about this. Moses has gone out into a dry desert. There's wild creatures. Who knows what's out there in the desert? It's an uncharted trip, and uh, Moses has no GPS signal because he's in the desert. But God promises this: He says, "My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." My presence will go with you. I will give you rest. Hebrews 13:5, one of my personal favourites. God will never. God says this: "Never will I leave you." Never will I forsake you. So, you know, Corrie Ten Boom had no one, really, besides her sister, to comfort her. She didn't get flowers, she didn't get chocolates, she didn't get Krispy creams, but she had Jesus. She was not alone. I love this quote from Corrie Ten Boom. She says, I've experienced his presence in the deepest, darkest hell that men can create. I've tested the promises of the Bible and believe me, you can count on them. You can't even imagine what she experienced, but she experienced his presence in that deepest, darkest hell. How good is that? You know, I remember the first day that I had to visit my dad um, in Canberra Hospital, alone because of COVID and restrictions. And um, I've talked about this before. It was hard to go in there and see him. He was really sick. He was restless, he hadn't slept for ages. He was, he was really unwell. And um, Steve couldn't come in. It was actually the first week of lockdown. So you guys probably would have been watching church online. It was a Sunday. Steve was watching uh, church online in the uh, car park in uh, Canberra Hospital. And I asked my dad, dad was really restless. Um, he had dementia. He was distressed, he was unwell. And I said, Dad, can I sing over you? And he said, yes. And I managed to actually sing Amazing Grace, as many verses as I could remember, over him. And it was actually a really beautiful moment. It was a miracle that he said yes to that. But right there in the middle of that room, in the middle of his dementia and his unwellness, critically ill, I felt the thick presence of Jesus right there in the middle of that fire. And I want to tell you, no matter where you're at, what you're going through, his presence is with you. His his presence, the Father's presence, is with you in the fire. It was a beautiful moment. Your good shepherd is with you. His presence will lead you and guide you. Jesus has not forgotten you. Your faithful father, is your friend in the fire my third thought is this and this is kind of a fresh revelation for me freedom is found in the fire freedom it's our theme i'm actually really excited about next year amy it's exciting freedom is found in the fire who would have thought that freedom could be found in the very place that was reserved for their execution They were sent to the furnace, and yet they found freedom there. Who would have thought that freedom could be found in the fire? You know, there's this saying, often the only way out is through. It's true. We want to go around. I pray, God, please let it not be this way. We want to go around, under, over. God says, no, Felicity, you're going through. (laughs) You know the story. Three men, they're bound up, they're firmly tied, they fall into the fire. But Nebuchadnezzar says, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. So here's the thing I want to say to you. When you walk through the fire, chains can break. And often they don't break till you walk through the fire. It might be chains of fear, worry, anxiety, addiction can be broken right in the fire. Because that's what happened to these three guys. The fire burned the ropes. It didn't burn them, (laughs) Uh uh-uh. Why? Because Jesus is there with them. It burned the ropes and they were set free. Freedom is found in the fire. It's amazing. So I want to ask you this. What if the fire that you're walking through right now could be the very thing that God uses to set you free? Think about that. Because maybe it is. Can I um, confess something to you guys today? You won't tell anyone, will you? No. No, thank you. Um, I have a bit of a fear of medical things. Is anyone else like that? Like, I really don't like medical stuff. And it's not just a little bit, it's like, whoa. So um, I could never watch those medical documentaries like medical emergency or paramedics. Who gets into those? Oh, you sick people, what's wrong with you? Like, literally, I think about watching them. I go, oh, that's, that looks interesting. Chris goes, Mum, Mum, don't do it. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're right, I shouldn't. As for medical dramas, well, forget that. Like, Good Doctor and what's the other one? Grey's Anatomy. Like, they make up stuff. They make it even worse than it's going to be. I may have watched ER back in the day, maybe because of a bit of a George Clooney crush, yeah. <laughs> But it was before Steve, so that's right. <laughs> Steve's so much better looking than George Clooney. <laughs> Woohoo! He's he seriously is. I can say that he's my husband. So yeah, I was really scared of hospitals, medical procedures, even going to the GP. I'd be like sitting in like that. But I've found what's happened recently. And I feel it happened during that fire experience when I had to uh, go into the hospital. First of all, I found out afterwards that the surgery in my throat was emergency surgery. I was put on this list, the E-list, and I thought, oh, E-list, I won't worry about what that means. (laughs) I found out later on, E means emergency, whoa! And they were cutting my throat open to open my trachea so I could breathe again. So I was like, okay. But you know what God said to me? Felicity, I'll be with you in that surgery. I'll guide the hands of the surgeons. It's going to be okay. Guess what it was? I'm here. <laughs> and then that, that moment when I was with my dad in the hospital, just me and dad, So much. there's so much complicated grief with that. But when I was there with him, Jesus was there. So something happened in those uh, hospital scenes. I feel like the fear of hospitals broke off me. And now I can go into hospital, visit people in a hospital and not feel that fear. Why? Because freedom is found in the fire. How good is that? My final point is this, because Clive's up. (laughs) Yeah. Corrie found freedom in the fire, didn't she? Think about this she was in ravensbrook concentration camp think what happened think what she saw and yet it was her love of jesus that held her and i was thinking she she was probably more free in those barracks with those walls and those soldiers than the soldiers who kept her in that concentration camp she was more free you probably know stories of her meeting some of the soldiers who were cruel to Betsy and shaking their hands and forgiving them. Can you imagine that? Like, that's just... That's the freedom she found. She realised, these prison walls aren't going to hold me because I've got Jesus. And this is my final point. Favour will follow you after the fire. Do you believe that? Favour will follow you after the fire. You know, the refining fire is often preparation for promotion. If you're going through a fire kind of a experience right now, maybe God's getting ready to promote you. Think about that. Some of the greatest fire moments in my life have been God preparing me for the next thing, a better thing. Let's go back to Psalm 23 verse 6. We can expect God's favour to follow us, right? As his kids, we can expect that. Psalm 23, verse 6: Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love the Message version of this. That word "follow" it actually means a better translation is to chase down. It's as if you go into the house, there's a thief. You would chase that guy out, wouldn't you? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I love the Message version. Your beauty and love chase after me. That's the favour of God. It chases after you. It hotly pursues you. Every day of my life, I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Here's the thing. The favour of God was already on Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were good men. They were God-fearing men. The favour was on them. But when they refused to compromise and bow down, watch what happens. After the furnace incident, in verse 27, it says, And the satraps, prefects, governors and royal advisers crowded around them. This is when they came out of the fire. I bet they did. They were like, did you see that? These guys didn't burn. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. So this is really interesting. Then King Nebuchadnezzar does a complete about-turn. He says this, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command. He's talking about himself there. And were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I decree that the people of any national language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut into pieces. I told you he wasn't a nice guy. And their houses be turned into piles of rubble. Listen to this. For no other God can save in this way. And then what does he say? Then the king promoted. These guys already had favour. They already had positions of authority. But, but King Nebuchadnezzar promotes them. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. I just want to say this. Nothing speaks louder or more clearly to the world than a Christian who's been through a fire and comes out smelling sweet. Some of you guys have been through fires and you've come out smelling sweet. Guess what? The world is watching. They're walking up to you. What's this guy smell like? Alfred, Alfred's been through some fires. He smells sweet. Wow, Lindsay and Fiona been through some fires. Guess what? They smell sweet. They refuse to be bitter. They refuse to let the enemy win. We can go through fires, come out smelling sweet. I wanna smell sweet, do you? Corey Ten Boom, let's go back to her one last time. When she came out, when she was released from the prison, she set up a rehabilitation centre for concentration camp survivors. And she went all over the world preaching the message of Christ, hope, forgiveness, love, salvation. She certainly came out smelling sweet. Here we are 80 years later, still talking about her. How many, perhaps tens of thousands of people have been saved through her message incredible favor will follow you after the fire faith is fueled in the fire your faithful father is your friend in the fire freedom is found in the fire and favor will follow you after the fire i want to do something a little bit unusual today it's not that unusual i want to ask you If you're going through a fire right now, I'd love to invite you to come down the front. Let's pray for you. Let's do business with God because He's here today, right here, right now. And we're family, like Pastor Amy has said. By the way, we love you, Amy. We really do. And you know what? I wanted to say this earlier and I forgot. What the enemy does in terms of stealing, God brings back with double overflow. So whatever you missed, by the way, you can't miss anything with God. You know that. You can never miss anything in God's economy. Never, 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 never. But God's going to bring a return double. Because the enemy messed with you. And he should have mess with you because you're God's girl. He, shouldn't, he should know better. Apparently he doesn't. Anyway, I want to encourage you. If you're going through a fire moment right now, if you feel like this is a season where it's dry, you feel alone, You know you need someone to stand with your brother or sister. I want to encourage you right now, come on out. The team's going to come and pray with you. We're going to believe with you that the Word is true, because it is. It hasn't changed one iota since the Word was written, not one iota. God's here right now. You're not alone. Maybe you just need someone to stand with you in this faith test. And love on you, pray with you. Because that, that uh, moment with God, who knows what God might do in that moment. So come on down. We're going to pray, pray with you. And I hope this blesses you today. Bless you guys.